That seemed like a straight assassination to me. Are, are we next? Who Who's after us? The maestros? Yeah. I, they kill people, right? That's like their thing. Yeah. They, yeah. they collect art and get stabby. I, I mean, yes, that is their thing, but also it's kind of every house's thing to kill people just for different reasons. Yeah, but this was in an alleyway. That's definitely got the uh, the maestro vibes, alleyways and whatnot. Let's stop trying to figure this out and just get back to the hideout. Yeah, it should be right around the corner here. Wait, what? what's all that smoke? It smells like somebody's barbecuing. Oh, no, it's coming from the direction Come of the on, hideout. Sorry, maybe they'll give us some free food. Mmm, Makinda steaks. I don't think that smoke's coming from a barbecue. Holy, holy. Like, like seriously, guys, look. There's a bunch of holes in our house. Like, it's all rubble, guys. It's nothing standing except the door. No, my halo stash. God's just You guys me gave now. me crap about painting that door. I told you we need to paint the door. And, it, like, the only thing standing, I think you guys, you guys owe me an apology. All right, we have more important things to worry about than whether or not the paint saved the door. There's a note on the door. Yeah, grab that for me. Yeah, I'll get it. I think it make sure it doesn't scratch the paint. Here you go. Well, I guess after all this, you might just have a job with the Riveteers. Yeah, I'm not a very good builder, though. Hey, do you guys think the Riveteers did this? Like, they build stuff, but they also knock stuff down. That's like their thing, right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's what they're known for. Hey, this note's from the brokers. What's it say? It says legal troubles, illegal troubles. And then there's an address to find them at. Oh. Do you think they did this? Is this, a, is this their calling card? Sounds dangerous. Well, regardless of what kind of trouble it is, it is trouble. And if they can help, we should go find them. I don't know, man. I'm getting kind of spooked. You should already be spooked. Our house has been blown up. With my halo in it. I don't like this. Uh, there's just too many people after us. It's just too dangerous. I also don't like the fact that you're, like, all concerned about your halo, but, like, my stuff is in there, too, man. You know how many nights I spent picking through the garbage to get my stuff? Oh, enough, both of you. We need to get away from here before they find us. Yeah, I, maybe we should go talk to the birds, I guess. Maybe this has to do with that other case. What's even in the case? Yeah, crack it open. What, the what am I looking that? at? It's some kind of device. Welcome to another episode of Magic the Gathering, Proving Grounds, the only magic podcast that attempts to prove that foghorn leghorn is in fact a distant cousin of ledger shredder hmm they're both birds they're both made in america they both taste like chicken ah ah there we go that's it that's that's the nail we got it now in the coffin so uh all right one proving done i am in fact your host moderator dave and with me is the other hosts. I'm Ben. Hey, what's up, dudes? Didn't do that uh, again. <laughs> please never do that again. I am the other Dave, and I am offended right now. Yeah, leave the podcast bro at home. <laughs> Rage quit. What have you guys been doing this week? Uh, lots of lots of uh, IRL stuff, but I, uh, I had a refrigerator that busted. I have no frozen anything. Uh, tooling around with some decks at home, playing myself on the kitchen table. Seems to be the going thing for me. I got into that uh, mono blue spirits deck in Pioneer. Oh, man, that thing's like a truck. It's pretty good. It, it's like a, it's almost like a fast aggro deck, but you have like cards with counters on the board. You know, can kind of control a game, but you're also like super little aggro. I can see why people talk about this deck like it's something to watch out for uh, and why people are starting to pick it up because it's seems pretty good uh what about you other dave uh right now i'm i'm still 
shocked by the fact that Benoit followed up Podcast Bro by using the abbreviation IRL instead of just saying something. <laughs> I, I've changed, bro. You've changed, bro. Uh, mostly, I have been playing Alchemy the last week, actually. Oh, yeah? I, oh, yeah, interesting. fun with that. I, I took that blue-green concept that they had in the... Uh, the event and I ran with it because I had a lot of fun playing it in the event. Did you spend a lot of time playing the event or did you just get your three wins in? I got my three wins in the event and then I went into the actual pool. Ah, we, I uh, played the event long enough to get my uh, thousand XPs and then got distracted. Cause you got that, uh, in that green blue deck, there was that dude. He's like a one three. And whenever you play a creature, where it's the only creature of that type in your deck, you draw a card, and then the whole deck is like filled with cards like that. And so it's like I re- like almost every match that I played, I was discarding cards at the end of turn because my hand was full. So it like basically every creature in that deck is a different creature type, or yeah. So there's two main creatures in there because there's the collector and then that other creature whose name I can't remember. But it's a two drop. It's a one gr- one green, one colorless. Uh, and you can tap it to produce a mana. And whenever you play a creature that does not share a type with any other creature in your library, you draw a card. And then the other dude is uh, two colorless, a green and a blue. And he says whenever you play a creature that doesn't share a creature type with any other creature in your library, you make a copy of it. Ooh. Yeah. And then you just fill it with creatures of like, here's my one human, and here's my one oddity, and here's my one wolf, and... What can I get the most comes into play facts with? Yeah. Titan sounds, of Industries in there. Sick. Sounds pretty interesting, actually. It's, it was yeah. quite fun, actually. I had a lot more fun with it than I thought I would. So did you copy-paste that deck list, or did you tweak it a little bit? I tweaked it a little bit. Largely, the changes I made were changing the creatures that you just have one of. Not that the creatures that they picked are bad choices, but I just thought they were better choices. Very cool. All right, well... Is that all you did? Okay, if we move on, you don't have to. All right. Way to make me try and feel self-conscious about myself. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I'll make you feel real good about yourself. I didn't really do much this week other than play magic from the commode. Not all I had time to do. So, um. <laughs> I don't know if that's a. Uh, uh, you played magic a little bit, or you played magic a lot. Please elaborate. Uh, well, a, med- a, a medium amount. <laughs> Hey, uh, last last season, well, last month season since they're monthly seasons, I made gold from the commode. So, hey, I man, that's a uh, I, was it a goal, an achievement? That's the word I'm looking for. Achievement. Yeah. Gold commodes are things that people strive for. It's like a mark I of. I was gonna say I don't make gold from the commode, but I put gold in the commode. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a gold goose. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, well, you lay them golden eggs. If you want to handle them and find out. I'd prefer not to, to be honest. <laughs> so that's all I did this week. Basically, uh, ran into a bug on the on the desktop version, which further forced me to commode play, where the client wouldn't start properly. I don't haven't been back to check to see if they fixed it, but right after that update, went into like a boot loop. It's really weird. They have you update the client weird. I th- I think it's weird. You have to like actually use the installer again instead of just pushing a button to update on the. That- on the de- no, I just think it's weird, and you should just have a button on the client that says update, and you push it. But you have to like go f- either re-download the Magic Installer or find it in your downloads folder and then reopen it to get it to update. At least that's what I have to do. Do you guys have that problem? Nope. What What am I doing wrong? I don't know. Uh, like mine won't update now, so maybe I'll have to start doing that. So I'm I'll doing know. a live Very test. Odd. No, it did. It it well. That's just a small one. I think it's when it's like a big one. They make me anyway, like a hot hot fix or something. Interesting. Maybe it's because I have not moved where I keep the exe because it does it does open the it does open the installer when there's a big update, but it just automatically opens the installer. I don't have to go find it. Oh, you know what? I stored mine not in on mine's not on the C drive, so maybe that's a problem. Maybe that's why I have to do that because it's on a different drive than where the installer is, or the, not the root drive or whatever the OS drive. 
How could you not install the best game in the world on your C drive? <laughs> Put it in your games drive. I like to keep it Bad clean. Form, man. Wait, you have Chex Quest installed on your C drive? Yes, that one's fine. Okay. I do that. Best game ever, man. <laughs> I mean, that, when you said best game ever, that was what immediately came to my mind Dude, was Chex Quest. Doritos Crash Course. I don't know, man. Chex Quest. <laughs> we were Wasn't talking about food, so. Mountain Dew one. Because Chex Quest is just the reskin. It's just Doom. It's literally reskin. Oh, Doom yes. With yes. Chex creatures. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. You win. <laughs> okay. Am I ever going to win anything? No. Probably not. Let's move on. Um, we might not have been up to much ourselves this week, but neither was WotC. We've got one news topic, so let's stress this one out, boys. <laughs> I got yeah. this. Cracks knuckles. Okay. I mean, like you're going to read it. I'm just going to stretch it out. Oh, I thought you said you got it. Okay. <laughs> My bad. Got to work on our timing here. We're going so, to incessantly interrupt you to make it last longer. <laughs> this is the bit. Whatever. This is what we do. Whatever it takes, man. It's page one so, in the manual. Going to act like a kid. What's that one do? Yep. Y'all done? Nope. Are we there yet? <laughs> okay, so uh, Watsi announced their uh, 2022 starter kit. This is the, uh, I don't know, uh, onboarding tool for Paper Magic, I guess, where you get the uh, two ready-to-play 60-card decks, a rules booklet, and a bunch of other meh stuff. The idea is that you take this these two decks and you teach a friend to play or... Alternatively, if two people who don't know how to play want to buy this deck and learn together this kit, then this is what Watsi wants you to buy to learn how to play Magic and paper, or at least an option. Do you, any of you guys have experience with these past, present, future? Yeah, I bought the last one that they had. It was, I got it for $15. I thought that was a pretty cool deal. Um, and I taught my 10-year-old and my wife how to play Magic uh, using those two decks. Uh, notably, the last time, one of the decks was clearly stronger than the other one. Uh, so I, I, maybe they did a better job this time um, making them more even. But uh, Did you read the uh, instructions? Did you give the new player deck to yourself? You know, give the better one to the, the person who don't know how to play and get them a early win, make them feel good about themselves? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I gave the better deck to the uh, the learner, and I took the nice. crappy one. And as with anything, you don't want to, like, you know, stomp them in dodgeball and then laugh at them when they're just a little kid. You just want to, like, make them feel a little good because they don't ever play magic again. I'm down for laughing at little kids. I don't know about you. <laughs> in the nicest uh, way possible. I I bought one a really long time ago. I think it was the first one they did uh, because it had a promo card in it that I wanted. I think I think that was back when they had a, they put like one promo card in each deck or one alternate art card. I guess is more appropriate. Mm, mm-hmm. oh, I don't think so. I've touched them since. I think I immediately yeah. dismantled it for the card that I wanted. Yeah, you weren't buying it for any learning. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I don't remember, this was like forever ago, so don't quote me on what set it came from, but I think it might have been all the way back in 7th edition when they had the uh, set, well, the set I bought was the ones you didn't shuffle, and then it was like, you hand one deck to this person, your your player, you take one, and then it had a, a walkthrough guide, like you draw, draw step, this is the card you're going to get, play it, so it that it had kind of like a, a uh, choreographed first game to teach people how to play. Oh, and interesting. I don't know if that was 7th edition or if that was what Portal was because I think I bought some Portal stuff too. I mean, Portal was but, so long ago, it's hard to... Yeah, this is forever ago, man. Um, so I don't remember exactly, but that's the first one I bought. And I th- think I might have bought one like 10 years ago just to look at it or because it was cheap because you can get these pretty cheap, you know, when they get so old. So um, I guess my question is... Uh, oh. We'll do this one first, and then we'll move on to whether we think this is the best to onboard players in Magic. But I did want to point out before we do that that they're offering codes in this particular product for Arena, where two people can unlock both decks on uh, MTG Arena. Is it so? 
two. Oh yeah, it is two. Oh well, okay. So hold on. I so this was in the other one that I did, and I'm not sure. I'm looking at the product page, and I'm not sure that it's two different both decks, or if it's one one card has one like code has one deck, and the other code has the other deck. I would kind of. I would assume it has to be both decks so that you could switch back and forth. The the bit that I copied and pasted into the show notes is directly from the article. It says codes for two people to unlock both decks to play online in Magic Arena. Oh, okay. Because that's not how it was in the last one. The last one was just codes for the decks. Okay. So this yeah. is an upgrade. So they've done this before. This is what I was going to ask about this. This isn't new for these starter packs. No, it was actually one of the things that made me spend the $15 was, oh, because, like, I, I wasn't sure if the cards in there were even worth $15 or anything, but it was like, oh, I get these on these cards on Arena. That's great. So, so that was the uh, the determining factor for you to go ahead and make yep. the spend. Yep. And if you get two copies of them, that's good. Yeah, that's you and a buddy got some cards. Nice. Since this is something they've done in the past, you don't see this finding its way out of the starter kits and into something a little bit more never economy friendly for the average. No, no, I don't think they're ever going to do anything like that again or anything. That's um, anything where the deck is pre-constructed and then there's actual value in that for players. Cause that always seems to turn toxic for them. Yeah. And I'm looking at the deck list and some of these cards used to be worth a pretty penny. And now they are not. <laughs> so I wonder, I don't know how much, like, Holebreaker Horror for one, um, two months after Crimson Vow came out, it was worth $20. And now it's looking like it's $5, probably because this is printed, right? And Welcoming Vampire is another one. I, I still remember there was a pre-con in Kamigawa that had uh, whatever that rat is that makes X-1-1 rats. Mm-hmm. That became kind of a, a big deal, and like stores were selling out of them. <laughs> People were getting angry because they couldn't buy them. Yeah, it was it, it was like creating this weird environment in the store. I would be like, "What in the heck is going on here?" Yeah, same thing happened in Mirrodin with the skull clamp. Yeah. That skull clamp was worth fifteen dollars, and you spent like twelve ninety nine on the deck. You just go yeah. buy instead of buying a skull clamp from the card shop. You just buy a one of those pre cons, wow. and then it was promptly banned. Yeah. Hey, man, but it really sped up my elf deck. Yeah, it's a good card. Not broke I at mean, all. I stand by, I think Skullclamp is the most deserving band they may have ever put out. Yeah, I agree. Dude, I agree, actually. Yeah, I don't nice. disagree. I won't die on that hill. <laughs> okay, so uh, back on topic now. So we took a detour through the arena code kerfuffle. You said stretch uh, it out. Stretch it. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not <laughs> complaining. I'm just... Trying to steer the cast back to the topic at hand. All right, Navigator Dave, a, got it. Trying to do a segue, bro. Okay, anyways, so these starter kits, are they good onboarding products, in your opinion? Yay or nay? Mm, okay, so for me, I found the other one very easy to explain it didn't have a bunch of words on the cards they were very like it, they were less wordy than most cards they release nowadays and it had the simple mechanics the staples like flying and uh flying i can't remember any other things um uh, and, oh and it showed you to pay attention to the creature types you know like one was like if you have an elemental then do this so I I, th I actually thought it was really a good way. They're not super high powered, so they let you play out the cards and really get into the attack stuff uh, without, you know, it wasn't some sick combo deck or anything. It was very, you know, metered experience that you could take slow. I, I thought it was helpful. I mean, they both play magic now, so... A win? Um, sure. I am positive that anything is better than my experience learning magic. Oh, yeah. Do I, tell. I mean, I mean, we were taught, I was taught the completely incorrect rules <laughs> and then went to play in a tournament. And people were like, what the f are you doing? And I was like, I, I was told first strike meant he was unblockable. Like, 
<laughs> That's um, a similar experience where the kid on the, the playground taught, taught me how to play. He had like this, uh, tell you how old this was. It's like an Ithalid spore deck or a Thalid spore deck rather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he had like, it was a weenie deck and he was like, okay, now uh, damage stays on your creatures permanently. So he would just like <laughs> send all his waves of disposable token creatures into mine and eventually eat me down. And then you go to the card shop to play a game, and, and this, like, 30-year-old dude, I'm, like, 12, he's like, that's not how you play. <laughs> Mick, what are you talking about? You don't know who's lying to you? You're like, wait, what? Hmm, what? Are you just trying to beat me, old man? I don't trust yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, my friend, he's cool. That guy was not cool, turns out. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, back in the early day of Magic, I think that there was a definitely a lot of that, like, where you weren't sure of the rules. And I still don't understand banding. Like, I don't know that I ever will. Uh, How is it not? Look, man. It's the most overpowered mechanic in Magic. It's yeah, that's what, I, that's what I hear, and that's why they did away with it, and they don't print banding anymore. But I still don't understand really how it works. It's a, it's a whole mess. Try to explain how phase works, man. I don't understand that. Phasing. Oh, I get phasing. Phasing's fine. I get it. It's the, Weird speed. Well, they still, they're printing phasing cards, so you better pick up. It, sandbar crocodile back in Mirage, man. I was like, I don't even know how this works. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, so like original, like fourth edition stuff where their, their best attempt at onboarding, I think they ever did was put rules books in the, the starter decks that you could buy, which were mm -hmm. just a collection of 60 cards and some land. You remember those, right? They were, yeah. Were the yep. starter packs, starter decks? Yep. Weren't yeah. even, they weren't even actually a deck. It was just randomized. It used to have been sealed. Yeah, and that's kind of what they did with the theme decks, except it didn't have land. Yeah. Well, those weren't, those weren't randomized, though, I don't think. Or maybe they were. I don't know. I think Only bought this outlook is better than that. But personally, the best experience I've ever had, and this might be me, because I've been playing so for so long, I've got like the, the brain rot when it comes to, that's just how it works. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Or, of course you do this. And it, it would be Magic Arena now, but back when I taught all my kids to play, it was duels where I'm just like, try to teach them in paper and they weren't getting it. And I was getting frustrated and they were frustrated. Like, just go play duels and come back when you finish the tutorial and then we'll play some Magic. <laughs> so, I, uh, I say their, their digital tutorials have really come kind of a long way. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I think Arena does a pretty good job of teaching new players probably better than the starter kit does. Yeah. But I think if, you know, you're in a situation where paper magic's your only option or... You want it to be more like a like playing board games on Sunday night or whatever. You yeah, know. Or, or, you know, yeah. you want it to be an experience with your kids or someone else, then the starter kit's probably the way to go. I'll tell you, I do have a bone to pick with the way Arena does their stuff because I've got... I taught my uh, youngest kid, well, second youngest kid, how to to play using the arena tutorial so he did the tutorial i helped him beat nico bolus because he was having trouble and then i was like okay let's play some games together we'll do starter deck for starter deck or the the pre-con thing and they will not let you play anybody until you complete them color challenges oh right so, oh yeah like that's so counterintuitive to like trying to get somebody invested in playing the game via playing with them. Yeah. Because it's like, sorry, you have to do like what? It's 25 different games. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. I uh, do think you can play with me that those color challenges too, though, to their credit, I think they do a pretty good job of introducing you to the identity of the colors. Yeah. Which probably gives new people to the game, a good idea of what it is that they want to play. Yes. Where they mm -hmm. fall into how they want to play magic. Although it is a bit rude. It's not going into like dual color philosophies and things like that. At least you have a general idea of, okay, well, you know, I like controlling control the board and controlling my draws and, and stuff like that. So I, I think I'm leaning blue or, you know, I like punch Big people stompies. in the face. Yeah. <laughs> what they could do is allow you to direct challenge people before you complete those because uh, obviously they put that stop in there so that people who don't know how to play the game don't go and mess with stuff, right? Like, yeah, you don't go you know, and make like... the experience bad for other people. Not, not that they're trying to, it's just, well, so yeah. they want them to kind of, uh, but they should let you direct challenge 
when you yeah, haven't completed yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write a proposal and send it into Watsy. There you go. Direct challenge option because like, oh, my kids kind of hit a roadblock. He's like, I don't really want to play. You don't want to do all this. I just wanted to play magic with you and be like, ah, I guess we have to get the cards out. And I have to explain to you ten times that you can't attack my creature directly. This isn't Pokemon. Yeah. No. That's um, a big thing with my ten year old. Is <laughs> I have to keep telling him, no, will you choose to attack me? And I choose to block if I want to, because he plays Pokemon. When I taught my, I have a lot of kids, so hold on. My define a lot, by the way. I've been wondering this. It's it's a it's a litter. He has a litter of wait. Well, it's three or more kids is a mess. So I have like three messes. That's messed up. Very much. But, I mean, or more. You could have like upward. I don't know. Well, anyways, that's neither right. here nor. Tell you after the show, man. Um, All right. Yeah, I don't want to put your business out there. Yeah, my, be, be so like stalking you based to be like, okay, there's only so many people in the United States who have 17 children. <laughs> yeah, to triangulate. <laughs> exactly. Anyways, hey, man, weirder things have happened. That's true. So it was like my fourth old. And he was like six at the time, maybe a nine. Hold on. Pretty, I got to. Yeah. I got derailed a second. You said fourth uh, oldest and not like second to like my youngest or second youngest. Like you had to say, you have so many kids, you had to say fourth oldest. Yeah, because it was, then you go. That is closer to that end. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of right in the middle. Right. Um, anyways, could have gone either way. Anyways, trying to teach him how to play magic when he was not 13. And he spent like 10 minutes poking the land because it was like you got to tap your land before you attack <laughs> so i have a cell phone video of him just doing that or just tapping it and i'm i'm laughing and he thinks it's the most clever thing ever and i'm just tapping tapping is like tapping from a tree like you know how they make maple syrup they tap the tree it's this is what brain. you're doing to the land so yeah onboarding i think depends on your goals yeah you're trying to you're trying to teach how to play because like my oldest daughter did full-on duels and learn how to play yeah what's like what i like about the digital i just want to mention this the digital has like the hard stops that will not allow you to play wrong and i think that is probably the most valuable aspect of learning is that like they tell you something and you understand it and then you go to do it and it's like no you can't do that you're like oh wait i was thinking the wrong thing now i know the correct thing um where you don't have that, like, fail-safe in paper. So, yeah. So I think the digital will always be just a better tool because of that hard stop. But sure. No one's going to teach you that first strike means unblockable and, and digital. Right. That is, <laughs> that is true. And and I still, and honestly, I learn a lot about a cards by playing digital, too, because I might read it and might think it works a certain way. And then when I do it on digital, I'm like, I was doing that wrong. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> like Winota. <laughs> uh, exactly. So uh, another thing I think that, again, digital is really good at because my daughter picked up on this far quicker than I ever did is teaching like how instants work and like doing instant combat tricks. Oh, yeah. Like the stack. Uh, like, yes. Stack manipulation and um, spell speed is is like mastering how those work. I think you learn that faster. Yeah, yeah. And it's less abstract than when you're trying to explain to somebody. Yeah. It took me forever to figure it out. And she's like at the card shop playing some brando. And he's like, she's really good at those instances. Like, she hasn't been playing that long. He's like, that's really crazy. When we started playing, was it the stack? It didn't exist or it, it was exist. different? Stack was invented well, they explained in the 6th edition uh, revamp yeah. rules. Revamp. Yeah, that was the hard, like, f fix of the rules or whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah before that, you had summon spells and interrupts. And yeah, also, damage went on the stack. Right. You no, know, they fixed that after that because when yeah. we, we took the, took the break after... The 7th edition? After Kamigawa. It was after Kamigawa. Oh, right? yeah, I didn't know it was. You're wrong. right. Yeah. Because I come back and I'm like playing on Magic Online after being out of the game for like 10 years. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to 
damage has gone on stack, and then I'm going to do this, and there I'm going to win this combat somewhere or another. And and then damage didn't go on the stack, and I was like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> I thought I understood, but turns out, turns out that doesn't happen like that anymore. Yeah, um, so I, I do think any way that they can find to make people understand magic, you know, get more people in is a good thing. Whether it's decks or digital, I think it's good. Awesome. Do you guys want to move on to uh, our next topic of discussion? Sure. Why don't you go ahead and explain that? Because if I'm not mistaken, you had a bit. Welcome to today's episode of Ban It or Stan It. We have, as always, your host, Mark Rosewater. Well, hold on. I'm getting it from the booth. Uh, sadly, Mark will not be able to make it today. Instead, we have your host, Dave. Oh, okay. Which one? Huh? Either huh? one. Uh, <laughs> I left it open-ended. Uh, okay. We gotta do this on the fly. Well, All right, let's do this. I thought you were gonna go with the uh, the Pat Sojak bit. No, I'm I'm Rod Roddy. Oh, okay. so you're I'm not the host. I'm just announcing the host. Oh, okay. And since Mark can't make it, it oh okay. Anyways. That was really bad, man. We should probably just move on and pretend that didn't happen. No, we can put it in. We'll just cut all the rest of this stuff out. No, that was a, that was part of the bit. Oh, damn it. We should get our bits under control. Get your head in the game. Anyways. All so, right, we fired Mark. Yeah. Mark, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> so nice we're going to talk about some cards, <laughs> uh, a collection of cards, if you will. And we're going to have a discussion about whether they should be banned, whether they shouldn't be banned, or rather, they're just right. It's a real Goldilocks situation. I stand everything. Not really. You stand all the banned cards and also all the cards that aren't banned? Except for Skull Clan. Hey, man. What about Oko or Uro? I'm, I didn't have a problem with either one of those cards. I know other people oh. did, but uh, I I understand that they definitely warped the meta and they should have been banned but i liked playing both of them maybe that's why i didn't mind it yeah it's always fun to be super powered i was having fun with them i'm also glad i sold my euro before it got banned i got lucky and pulled a foil borderless one was like i'm gonna get back into playing magic now and played for like a week and was like yeah no time to sell this (laughs) and it's like banned you had some inside trading yep I know a guy. I, I knew it. I felt it coming. <laughs> you felt the disturbance in the force? I mean, you could see it that very first tournament. It was like, it was in 73% of the decks in the tournament. You were just like, okay, well. That'll do it. Something's got to change here. Okay, so I'm going to say the name of a card. And then y'all uh, fight amongst about yourselves, whether it is good or it is bad. And whether it should be banned. Uh, first Sounds up good. on the docket to ban or stand is Fable of the Mirror Breaker. So it's a dual-sided card. It's a saga on one side, creature on the other. It's a two-colorless and a red. The first chapter, uh, you create a 2-2 red shaman, gob- goblin shaman to- creature token with whenever this creature attacks, create a treasure token. Chapter two, you may discard t- up to two cards. If you do, draw that many cards. Chapter 3, exile the saga, then return it to the battlefield, transformed under your control. When it transforms, it's a 2-2 creature named Reflection of Kiki-Jiki, Enchantment Creature, Goblin Shaman. Pay one and tap. Create a token that's a copy of another target non-legendary creature you control, except it has haste. Sacrifice it at the beginning of next end step. Um, so this is my understanding that this is supposedly... A fixed version of the original Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker, essentially, attempt, yes. Attempt to do so, an attempt to do so. So, did they succeed? That's the real question, I guess. Or does this need to go the way of OG Kiki? So my my feeling on this is, in the current meta environment, it probably does need to be banned. But I do not think it is 
uh, in the large scheme of things, as broken as, say, Uro was or Oko or, or that round of bannings. I just think mm-hmm. that right now in this meta, most other decks don't have a way to deal with it. So are we yeah. looking at more of, if you will, a suspension or a scenario where it gets unbanned in the future? If if you were in charge of... Uh, yeah, I would ban it with the with the plan of, of revisiting it later. Because uh, right now, it's, it's definitely warping the format. So for uh, our purposes here, I have the last three major tournaments. Three tournaments ago, four of the top eight decks were running four of it. Two tournaments ago, six of the top eight decks were running four of and then the last major tournament, five of the top eight decks were running four of. That's so, pretty severe. Yeah, it, it's got a, a very high severe usage rate in the top decks of the format. There's not a lot of answers right now, especially once rotation hits. We're going to have even less because I think you'll lose Portable Hole and Skyclave. Is that correct? Yeah, what's the uh, picture perfect way to uh, counter this card in any given game? Uh, And what I'm playing in white, Portable Hole works really well because it can hit the token uh, that it makes, the first goblin token, Mm -hmm. and then Skyclave can hit the enchantment or the goblin or Kiki-Jiki itself once it comes out. That's how I've been dealing with it. I guess also if you were... You were in green, Besaju probably helps with that, although yeah. it does give your opponent a land, so. Better to have a land than to have it flip over. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you're talking about, I I, I don't think this is a huge problem in modern because there's just such efficient removal uh, all, all across the board in modern. Um, right. Yeah, That the events I listed were just standard. Yeah, right, correct. Uh, Pioneer, Fatal Push hits the backside. Yeah, because uh, it doesn't have a mana cost on the back, um, right? And it doesn't hit the front, but you do have Besaju and other just general enchantment removal. So the the thing the thing I think why it's not banned, even though it has or they haven't looked at a band, even though it has it in so many decks, is that for the front side isn't the worst. It's when it gets to a back that's a problem. And you have one, two, three, four turns before it being on the board that you can go before you can copy something and then cause all the havoc that happens. Because once you can copy stuff, that that's when things go like really, really bad for the opposing player. Because the stuff you can copy is wild. I understand that. I also I do think the saga portion of it can be kind of an issue because it's if the p- pieces of the saga leading up to it weren't as good, it would not be a playable card. Yeah. If they were just like irrelevant things or they were smaller creatures or it wasn't discard two cards, draw two cards, mm-hmm. like it, it is a far less relevant card because people are going to need Absolutely. stuff that provides relevancy on those turns. Yeah, if it the first two chapters were just blank and you got nothing until it flipped, this card wouldn't be played. But there, there's so much value on the front half. You get a creature yeah. to block. You get then you get to rummage, and then yeah. you're and if you don't need your creature to block, then it's mana ramping. Yep. Uh, yeah, like it's it's a very effective saga. It's not super effective. It's definitely not bannable without the Kiki Jiki part of it. Right, but. To act like it's irrelevant, it's not. Those are oh, yeah. very relevant to the board state. So, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to say it wasn't irrelevant. I'm just saying, like, the bannable part is the backside. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so it, some, honestly, it might still even see play if it if the back half of it wasn't there. So the original Kiki-Jiki, you just played, and you, did, you didn't have to wait turns to use it. Uh, it's Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker. Well, did it have haste? I don't think so, but it might. I don't it know. did. Ha- it did have haste. Did, so that was yeah. the problem. It cost five converted mana. It had haste, and then you copy. It does the thing, right? Well, you copy a thing, so you lay it down, and then yeah. you're copying anything that's non-legendary, uh, and then you get to attack with it or use the thing without losing your original copy. And that's that's Hold really up. the problem. I have to correct you real quick before it's too far away. Um, okay. It's called mana value now, not converted mana. Oh, sorry. 
Sorry. Uh, I'm living in like 2015, man. Friggin' okay. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the, the issue is that you can use the one, even though like when you, you initially look at it and you're like, oh, well, it just goes at the end of the end step anyway, so it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal because the things that they're, you're doing with the Kiki-Jiki is not attacking or building your board. You're using an effect like what's on Blood Tithe Harvester, where you tap and sacrifice the creature and get a thing, right? So you copy yeah. Blood Tithe Harvester, it makes a blood token, then you tap to sacrifice the copy to give X minus X to a creature, and then you do that next turn because you still have the original. And that's kind of the, the crazy antics. And then next turn you get more, you know, because you have more blood tokens. It's it's actually pretty crazy when you when you start doing that. You can control the board like with those two, just that two combo, and that's that, that's not even the worst of them. Yeah, that's not the the most egregious example, even mm-hmm. just a, an example. What's the yeah. most egregious example? I mean, I'm not really sure what the most egregious example is. So, if you copy Trollovar's Huntmaster, do you get the two I- wolf tokens? I, I say, but I know it the primarily state. leans on the comes into play effects, and there are much better yep. comes into play effects than that. Well, yeah, that one's just to control the board. No, it's the, right. The, just to get in the blood tokens, yeah. But uh, Trollvar's Hunt Master, you get those two, two wolves, so when the one die, when you sacrifice tro- the copy, you still have the wolves. You yep. can copy a Winota in Pioneer. Uh, you can copy Winota and then attack, and then you get to well no you can't copy Winota because she's legendary um i'm trying to think of another example that's not an enter the battlefield but it's like a triggered effect yeah uh, but yeah that that would do twice mm. if you make a copy of ledger shredder you'd be able to have extra connives to dig through your deck um you know they're just crazy ant- antics that you can do so this is best or best most exploited when it's doing etb or triggered abilities uh, yes so so the most egregious example that I can remember actually playing against is Goldspan Dragon. Mm. Mm. Because you can make a copy of the Goldspan Dragon, and that's going to give you additional treasure tokens, additional mana per, and it's just, it's kind of just going to take away or take off in a way that's going to be hard to deal with. Yeah, so instead of getting the double mana, you get quadruple mana, mana and then double the tokens. Mm-hmm. No, I think you just get the double tokens. I don't think you quad mana, but yeah, no, yeah, it is just two mana because it just it's a flat statement that says treasures you have add two mana of any color, but still double mana or double tokens from the goldspan dragon. It can be pretty hard to deal with. It's also flying too, so it's you're just beating somebody up real quick. <laughs> like yeah, what's yeah. the power and toughness on goldspan? I don't remember. Four four. That's not that's not too shabby. Yeah, so, yeah, when Fable of the Mirror Breaker comes down, you you have to figure out a plan before it flips. The good thing is that it has summoning sickness and can't tap the turn it, it flips, but you you better have an answer for it because if you don't, you're going you're gonna to be in a bad place when they start copying crap. So I think we've talked this one out, so let's get your uh, your final calls on this. Do you ban it or do you stand it? Uh, I give it a... Hmm. I give it a stand minus because I don't, I don't think it's quite bannable, but I think it's led, leading that way. Uh, I, I don't think it should be banned this instant. But Every format or a particular format more than another? Uh, man, Pi- Pioneer, it's it's everywhere in Pioneer uh, and Standard. It's it's just everywhere. That's That's the big thing. I'm not sure that it's causing a disruption of play. Or anything like that, in, in the same sense that something like Luris was, you know. Um, but people are splashing red just to have this card. That was the logic behind the the Uro and the uh, the Grow Spiral ban is that mm-hmm. people were splashing in green or blue to play those cards. Yeah, Growth Spiral. And they, I think it got banned briefly. Oh, okay. I think it got. I think it actually got banned before Uro. I think they were trying not to ban Uro, but I could be. I could be misremembering things. So I will say this: in standard, this would be priority one. In pioneer, not so much. In modern, I don't think it's a problem. 
priority one to ban. Yeah, like right. if you're going to ban a card, it's this one. Like if they're like, what are we banning today? It's obviously that one. August 3rd, they banned Wilderness Reclamation, Curve Spiral, Fairy Time Raveler, Cauldron Familiar. In standard? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cauldron Familiar. So Speaking it was, of. It was banned. I think they unbanned it sometime after they banned Uro, but I could be wrong. Okay. So what's your verdict on? So I, as a player, I do not think currently in the meta this card is something that you cannot deal with. I think there are still a lot of answers. But I think if I am if I am Wizards, I think I am I am looking at this card, I am probably banning it just because of the usage rate. And as Ben said, people are splashing to play it. Because yeah. at some point, you know, if six of your top eight decks are playing this card, the, the other thing that they have to think about is how interesting is this to watch? Right. Um, because they want their tournaments to be big. They want Magic players to watch the tournaments. They want Magic players to want to be in the tournaments. And none of that happens if people don't want to watch it because it's all the same deck. Yeah, homogeny. I will note real quick that the difference between the Luris ban and the Fable ban is that even though, you know, the meta, there's like, it's so heavy, it's so leaning, it's so shifting towards using this this card, with Luris. I feel like people were abusing the card. Like they were not building certain things in the deck because of Luris's restriction that it had to be your starting deck had to have more than, uh, or converted mana cost two or less for your permanents. Uh, so the cards were not getting played because of Luris. And with Fable the Mirror Breaker, it actually breeds creativity because you're like, what can I put in my deck that? that I normally wouldn't play that I can copy and get like extra value out of. So I think that is a unique ex- distinction between the two and it might be a consideration they're looking at why they're not banning it. I mean, they, there is not enough information out there yet for them to ban anything right now. Right. It, right. It's, it's not, not, it's not destroying <laughs> everything like skull clamp did. Yeah, it, by no means does it require some sort of emergency session for them to come together. Like, it needs to stop right now. <laughs> Call a meeting, um, push the red button. Yeah, but I I do think if you look at its usage rate, if that does not come down some over the next couple tournaments, and then rotation happens, and it's one of the few cards... Because that's my concern is after rotation. After rotation, mm-hmm. when there's less answers for it, is probably when they really need to analyze whether or not it needs to be banned yeah, or if agreed. it continue or if it continues to be six of the top eight decks in every tournament are playing it. Yep, agreed. Right. Uh let's uh, go ahead and uh see if we can't smash these last two out because we're bumping up against our time limit. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of as uh, other Dave said earlier, fun to watch. <laughs> do you we're putting up on the chopping block now? The cat goes into oven combo. Do oh, don't guys, ban my kitty oven. Do you guys ban it or do you stan it? <laughs> In what format? Uh, historic is, I think, where it's really prominent. Yes. Okay. Uh, In historic. So here's the last three tournament data for for kitty oven and Loris. In historic, one out of eight top decks, two out of eight top decks, three out of eight top decks were playing Loris and kitty oven like loris or kitty oven featuring loris right is loris in that build like a sideboard card well it's a companion so it counts as sideboard yeah he takes the sideboard spot up but he is the companion all right i guess i don't i don't know how companions work i guess yeah they're a thing uh it's like a commander basically you can cast it once from the companion zone i mean i get the the mechanical aspects of it oh Oh, the deck building part. Okay, yeah. The it takes the sideboard it, it, slot. I, I'm going to vote to Stan Kitty Oven, and this is why. I like the, the mechanic because <laughs> it's fun. Uh, but if it does get banned, I actually, in historic, in paper, they, they should leave it alone. Uh, in historic, I do think they probably should look at banning it because it is so, like, abhorrent to play against. 
you are just sifting through all these triggers and you just want to quit because you're like, I know what they're doing. I'm going to die. I'm not going to wait for uh, eight minutes for them to put the cat in the graveyard and bring it back out 20 times to, to life me. Right. So yeah, it's, it's not fun. Uh, so the Luris Kitty oven combo is only legal in historic. So that's all mm. we're talking about. Right. Yeah. So maybe uh, ban it there. Cause it's just, it's just bad to play against. So yeah, that's kind of like, I, I'm going to stand it. Shouldn't be banned. Even though I, I have very strong feelings that it is a degenerative way to play magic. And I don't mean that in like a negative sense. I mean, I do, but not like against the player or whatnot, but just that it, uh, it prevents interaction from your yeah. opponent and anything that does not allow for interaction from your opponent, I think can become a very negative way to play magic. Yeah. Um, very quickly. And sometimes, and I, I, I'm not trying to say I'm a mean person, but sometimes I found my, cause I have a, the historic deck. I, I stopped playing because I found myself kind of going, oh man, this is going to be an easy win because they're probably going to quit right away. And if you're doing that with a deck, then th that's a problem, right? Like, I love the play pattern. Like, I like it, like uh, the paper pioneer deck I have with it. Like, I love playing like that. You know, I love the combos and like the stuff, you know, I love doing it, but. Yeah, if you're if you're just playing it to get somebody to quit to get an easy win, then oof. yeah. As the pilot, it's amazing. I love sticking mm. cats in oven. As the opponent, it's miserable to yeah. to play against. And I don't think the deck's overpowered or like you know strong, uh, mm -hmm. it, like unnecessarily too strong or anything like that. It's just the 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 triggers on the arena. Like that's literally it. Surprisingly enough, it's a lot funner putting cats in ovens than watching somebody else put cats in ovens. Yeah, yeah. digital so, cats, not imaginary cats, not real ones. Just to be clear, yeah, Peter. Cats, cardboard cats. Um, so I, I guess the general consensus I'm getting is that everybody stands it, but yeah, stands what for now. Want it for now. Okay, I'm not, last. I'm not even gonna say for now. Like unless something happens, unless they add some piece to it that blows it over the top, I think it's fine. Yeah, I was mostly saying for now, and just in case I get like really sick of seeing it. But yeah, um, and then we'll go over this last one real quick. And then we'll call it a game. Uh, Grease Fang, fan it or stand it. I understand the degenerative parts of this. Mm -hmm. I understand. Same why thing with Kitty people. Oven, yeah. I no, I actually do not think it's the same thing as Kitty Oven. My issues with Kitty Oven are the style in which it plays, and and it, uh, with a thousand triggers, yeah, activity, yeah, yeah. Um, Whereas I love the Grease Fang like idea of just being a glass cannon and I'm going all in on Grease Fang and I love playing against that too because then all it takes is for me killing Grease Fang to blow their whole plan up. Yeah. Um, tournament wise, you can see it's not really played that often, so I don't think any action needs to be taken on from that end. In the last three tournaments, top eights, one out of eight, zero out of eight, one out of eight. Um, for the for the listeners at home who. Uh might not understand what this uh, play pattern is. Does, does one of you want to describe it? Yeah, well, let me fine. read Grease Fang. So Grease Fang is very cheap. He is one black, one white, and one colorless legendary creature rat pilot. It's a 4-3, which alone the mana cost, you know, that's good for just the mana cost. But the ability is, at the beginning of combat on your turn, return target vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of your next instep. So they combine that with things like the Pantheon that create angel tokens, because then you get to keep the angel tokens. Hmm. Or, you know, Essica's Chariot, or things like that, that have come into play effects that that they don't even really need to crew the vehicle or do anything with the vehicle other than have it come into play. Uh, and then, and notably, then, Grease Fang can also crew all of those things right. as well. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you create your angel tokens, it, and it creates a, a very quick board state where if it gets out of hand, it gets out of hand, and you're kind of, it's too early in the game to combat against it. Yep. But again, one counterspell to an early Grease Fang, and... Their their whole game plan is off until they get to a way to get Grease Fang back. Yeah, and, and hopefully by then you've killed or, you know, managed the board enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's a glass cannon. It's meant turn three, kill you, or I'm going to lose this game. And I'm always okay with those things. I really am. Yeah. Like, you, you want to play some chintzy stuff, 
go right ahead. I'd love to disrupt you with an easy counterspell. Right. Yeah. And again, to your point, it's not like Kitty Oven because piloting this deck has those super high moments of like, yes, I'm getting it. You know, you spend your first two turns dumping stuff in the graveyard. And when you see that part healing and go in the graveyard and you have a grease vein in your hand, you're like, oh, yeah, it's on. Uh, And then you get super like, man, I did it, you know, and excited. Uh, And then on the other side, when you're playing against it, you're you're like. Oh, I can beat this deck, you know. And then when when he pulls off the big, you know, when your opponent pulls off the big thing, you're like, ah, oh, they got me, you know. Okay, on to the next game. It's not as like annoying. So uh, what you just spent fifty words saying is it's not as consistent as Cat Goes in Oven. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Rat rides bike is not as consistent as Cat in Oven. Yeah, always, every time. I, I do think it's a really neat idea to, to do. It's a cool card. It's a cool design card. So we stand this. I stand is it. Is that the general consensus? Yeah, this is a hard stand. It's also very susceptible to removal because all you have to do is kill it before yeah. the combat phase uh, and hey. or bounce it or any other number of ways to, to... It's still something you can interact with, whereas like Kitty Oven is like, yeah, I can't interact with any of these creatures because you just sacrifice them in response. Dice to lightning bolt. It's, it's it's a trash creature. Except, <laughs> yeah, except that lightning bolt isn't legal when where you would play this card. But yeah, oh, dies the bolt. Is that where we're at again? Going back to dies the bolt. Well, you know, the red player. Yeah, I, I will say that since it does have a three toughness in standard and uh, pioneer or, or explorer or whatever. Uh, well, explorer has lightning bolt, right? Or not explorer. Um, historic. It's banned in historic. Oh, it's you banned can, in historic. That's right, because it, it was, was a mystical archive. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, the three toughness in the formats it's in is a little hard to just direct damage out, but there are other ways to deal with it. Like yep. even strangle okay. doesn't doesn't prevent that first trigger because you play it and then moves to combat and then you get your thing right. Strangle's a All sorcery. Right. Well, I think we've uh, stretched this bad boy out long enough. Let's go ahead and uh, close her on up. I think um, we had a pretty. E- interesting thing here we didn't stretch at anything we it was content as as specifically designed okay i really thought you said there for a second i was like that's strangely fitting when we're talking about stretching things out dude oh jesus Jesus. i don't know i have to about what you just said (laughs) to what what did you say i said i don't know how i feel about what you just said (laughs) anyways Well, let's uh, go ahead and tell us uh, where they can find us there, Ben. Yeah, you can uh, find us on Twitter at MPGPod. If you want to talk to us uh, individually, my personal Twitter is at BeNiceMPG. Moderator Dave, what's yours? Ah, uh, so you don't know it, or you do know it, because I seen that you finally followed me after three <laughs> weeks of staying. He was going to, and then you. Didn't. I actually, I, I believe I told you on air that I followed you at that point, but yeah, somehow he did. I did, and then I was heartbroken when I went to check my my Twitter after that. He, uh, <laughs> Just to let everyone know, I'll be on assignment next week, so I will not be attending the recording of next week's podcast, but maybe I'll have something interesting to share with everybody. So what are we going to do without a moderator? Uh Uh-oh. This is is going to be rough. Okay, you can also send us emails at show at magicprovinggrounds.com. Send us uh, questions, anything that you want. Please, I hate saying this, and nobody sending us anything. Over and over. I'll I'll send you some some pictures. Oh, no. Unsolicited. No. (laughs) Speaking of stretching things out. Oh, God. Did you see this uh, balloon? It gets really big. (laughs) Yep. Balloons. That's it. That's a wrap.
Ah, to get some water. I don't have time for that. Okay. Well, you can get water. <laughs> I'd rather fine. get water than not have uh, okay. ability to talk during the podcast. Mm-hmm. How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? All right. Uh, you guys ready to go? Yep. Stairs. Instead of trying to drink out of the faucet of my 100-year-old utility sink. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like hard tet- it, though. That sounds like tetanus. Yeah, for real. <clears throat> I don't know. I think I walked, once watched someone eat a mushroom that they had thrown up. So, like a, yeah. on a pizza, like picked it up out of a sink and ate it. Yeah, was it me? Yes, it was you. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Something you would do. That's why I laughing. <laughs> I don't remember this. But it was it was uh, your birthday party one year. Oh yeah, that the, birthday the, party. The, Holy yeah, that, that birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely p- off of a pizza. Because yeah, I think we got a bunch of half price dominoes through Kevo. Yeah, mm-hmm. half price dominoes. Right. 